This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Valeria interviews Natalie Horner, the author of Gratitude, a Journal of the Heart. In the creation of her journal, Natalie discovered firsthand how gratitude plays a major role in creating a happier and healthier life. Her Journal of the Heart is a wonderful way to capture the incredible gift gratitude brings into our lives. By recognizing all we are grateful for, our senses open up to appreciate the fullness and beauty of life, even in the hardest of times. This is a special invitation to let the miracles unfold. Natalie Horner is the founder of Gifts of Gratitude. Natalie has come to understand and appreciate what it means to live a life of passion and purpose through her professional training and life experiences. She is certified and licensed in positive psychology, the study of what makes people happy through the Whole Being Institute. Natalie studied under renowned Harvard professor Tal Ben-Sharar and is licensed in facilitating the Inspire Your Ideal workshop. She also received training at the Sedona Women's Institute to facilitate workshops and retreats for women. Her mission is for her efforts to serve as a beacon of light, hope, love, and peace in the world. To learn more about Natalie and her work, please visit giftsofgratitude.com. Here is the interview with Natalie Horner. In your own words, who is Natalie Horner? She is a wife, a mom, a friend, a daughter, a sister, but deep down, she is a lifelong learner who really wants to keep learning and growing and helping the world in any way I can, sharing what I've learned and making a difference. That sounds wonderful and it's beautiful to me. Before we talk about some of the topics in your book, Gratitude, a Journal of the Heart, I have a few warm-up questions, as I mentioned, off record. What is another word for gratitude? It's saying thank you. It is saying thank you with your heart. I think when you open your heart to gratitude and, and convey that thanksgiving for what you have and to the people that you love, it's, it's so powerful. And so it, it sounds so simple, yet it is so profound. I agree 100%. Yeah, it's very profound. And I'll be asking you lots of questions about it in a moment. Uh, for now, let me continue with the warm-up questions. 
What does it mean to be a human being, in your opinion, Natalie? To be a human being is to see the divine in myself and to see the divine in everyone else. We all have our our flaws or our things that we have to work on or you know challenges that we have. But if we go through life with love and and seeing the divine in each other and knowing that there is goodness there, if we look for it, I think that there's a better chance of finding it than not finding it. When you speak about the divine or you use the word divine Is that connected to spirituality or any kind of religious beliefs? Yes. I, you know, I believe that, you know, religion, there's all different kinds and all of them, as long as you're on a path that leads you to a higher power and you believe in, in something and living, you know, a good life, it will lead you to spirituality and to God. I, I think there's all paths, but they all lead to one place. So I have a few questions. Uh, I would say three of them about life itself. What is life to you? What is this experience in a human body? Not what it's about, but what is it? Good question. What is life? Yeah. It is about changing. It's about growing. It's about adapting. It's about, it's about finding uh, the good in life and the good in people. And I think uncovering yourself. Um, there's a quote that I like by Michelangelo, and he said, I saw the angel in the marble and I carved him. I carved until I set him free. And I think that's what life is. We're here, we're born out of love, and we come into this world so pure, and things happen and change us. But I think if we grow and we adapt and we, we keep trying to work on ourselves, like chipping away, we get to that masterpiece and that gift that we all are. We all have our gifts and that's what we share with the world. Yeah, yeah. I love everything you said. It makes so much sense. Going back to love, right? What is the opposite of life? I think it's to be stagnant, to walk through life with, with blinders on and not really see all the good that there is. You know, things can happen, like even this pandemic that that isn't good, but but we still can find something good out of it. There's so many opportunities that are coming up. People are being kinder to one another. I see it a lot. I see people wanting to help, wanting to be um, innovative and creative. But if you walk through and you only see the negative and you, and you don't try to find the good, you're stagnant and you're just, and you're not growing and you're, you're just, I just think it's, It isn't a life worth living. I mean, it's really hard. It's really sad, I think, um, to just exist. Yes, I agree. I'm wondering why so many of us don't understand life the way you just spoke of. Do we have a choice? Do you believe we all have a choice to choose a pleasant, happy life experience? I think that we all have a choice. Um, I think it's God's free will. He gives us free will to to do with our life what we want. We can make it for good or maybe not. But um, you know, I, I do believe that we have that choice, and I, and I think that's you know every day that we get up, we have a choice. How are we going to feel? Are we going to walk through and think everything's a miracle, or that nothing is a miracle? Yeah. We have that choice, and I do believe that you know there there are people that terrible things have happened and, and, and they're stuck. And, 
maybe they can't see their way out. And, you know, that's part of, you know, what I want to give to the world is to talk about this gratitude because I've seen it in my own life make such a huge difference. And if I can help even one person, that to me is just a wonderful thing. And so that's what I want to do. I want to share that because I've had my own dark times. I've I've had my own struggles and, you know, there were times I didn't know how I was going to get out of it. But I see that this work is so rewarding and it does make such a huge difference that I just want to share it. I want to tell people there there is a better way. And and hopefully, you know, they'll they'll take they'll make that choice. They'll make the choice to take that chance. The reason for us not to make the choice is because we don't see the choices in the first place. So yeah, your work offers that possibility, that opportunity. And then after that, your work is done. <laughs> Uh, showing the choices, but we cannot make people change or force anything to happen, which sometimes really frustrates me (laughs) because I really wanted to see some people around me, my family members to change, but it's nothing I can do about it in the sense of trying too hard to make that happen. But I think by you being this beautiful example of what you're trying to do, and I think that's all we can do. It's like even with my children, I you know, there's so many choices that I want them to make, or, but they're right. not on my path. You know, it's, right. I had a great aunt who used to say, you can't put an old head on young shoulders, <laughs> you know, and, and you can't, you know, you just can't do that. But I think by leading by example, you hope that they see that and, and somehow, you know, they, they, they take something from it and it helps. Yeah, that's true, Natalie. I agree. And maybe even giving up the idea of hope. <laughs> Although I do like the idea oh, of never, hope. Oh, never, 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 <laughs> never, never give up hope. Never, because, you know, we don't know. That's We true. don't know. I don't want to be attached to the idea that by being the person that I have become will influence others. I don't want to attach to that idea that this could become a way of changing others. So I don't want to connect these two things and expect things to happen. It might be that. Maybe hope somehow makes me think that way, that I'm expecting something to happen my way. I think maybe the attachment to your way is is maybe, you know, the not the issue, but I think just putting it out there. I think happiness is contagious. I think mm. having joy and being being around it just makes other people feel so much better. So I just I think it's just presence and it's and you know, you just have to you know, let it go where it's going to go. Yeah, joy and presence, they are detached from ideas and concepts, how life should be or could be in the future. So yeah, I love that. That makes so much sense. Right, right, right. Just being. So my next question is about freedom. What is the meaning of freedom to you? Or what is to be free? I think freedom changes as we grow, as we evolve. I think for me, You know, who I was 10 years ago or 20 years ago is not who I am now. And so as I grow, it's so funny. I'm getting to a place where I really want to be seen. I want to, I want to be all that I am. And I think at times in life, I, I haven't always been able to do that. And as I grow and as I get older, I'm starting to let go of that. It's so funny because I think, we're wearing masks now, but I think that people 
have really unmasked themselves in some ways because we've had to go a little deeper. We've had to look at ourselves for who we really are. What's really important? What do we really need? And so I, you know, I think that that brings freedom to be who we are and to be accepted and loved and, and be authentic in who we are. And I guess the biggest thing is to accept ourselves for who we are and to love love ourselves. I love that idea. <laughs> yes, 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 a thousand times. And that brings me to a question that I saved here for later. I'll ask you now. Do you believe in unconditional self-love? I do, but it's really hard. <laughs> I think it's a process too. I think it's, you know, it's really, and you know, you you always hear the saying that if you don't truly love yourself, how can you love others? And it's such a process, but I do see that so much through love, there's so much that we can do because of love. And if we loved ourselves the way we profess to love others, wow, I, I think there isn't much we couldn't do. But it, it, it is a journey and it is a process, I think. Um, and I'm working on it. Definitely a process and a practice. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's funny because some of my guests, they opposed to this idea of unconditional self-love because they connect that to narcissism and selfishness. And I'm wondering why they do that. Do you have some ideas? <laughs> I get this sometimes, not always, but... <laughs> Oh, oh, but I, I do see, I do see that there's a fine line there. If you are constantly in self-love for yourself <laughs> and I, I'm talking about the self-love that comes in with the doubts, I'm talking about the self-love that, you know, this part that comes in, it is so negative and, you know, kind of talking you down and, and not really supporting yourself. And I think we would never talk to a friend that way but we talk to ourselves that way. So I think it's changing the negative self-talk and trying, you know, and, and to be able to comfort yourself, to know that you've struggled and you've done the best that you can. And to say at the end of the day, I, I did the best I could and you know, it's okay. And to still love and accept yourself. But, you know, like I said, there's that fine line of if you're all about yourself. I, I think they're two different things, actually. I agree. I don't know. Me. For me, that's that's what I think. I think, yeah, if you love yourself too much, you, you have no room for anybody else. So I have this other questions about the current situation. At this time, what do you think is the world's greatest need? And do you have a vision for a new reality? I think the biggest thing we need is to open our hearts to love and understanding and to really listen to one another and to have empathy, to really open ourselves. And I think at times, you know, it, it's so, because I, I think that's what's happening is, is that people don't truly understand or they really don't have all the answers. Because like I've said before, I do think at the core, most people want what's right. They're good people, you know, they want what's right. And I think if they understand, but but I do think that um, it has to come from a peaceful place. It cannot come from, you know, violence and, and rage. I think that it just fuels more. And I mean, that's my personal opinion, but I have a friend who's very, um, very involved and she's done a lot with diversity and, We've talked to her a lot about this and um, and just coming from a place of 
of understanding and wanting to teach and wanting to show and um, and helping everyone come together because I think everybody does want the world to be a better place and we want it to be fair and we want it to be good for everyone. We just need to work and, and find a way to understand and to truly listen and open our hearts and to, um, and I think it could be a better world. I think even with this pandemic, I do think when it's all said and done, I'm hoping that we hold on to the values, to the things that are important and to let go of the things that are that are not so important. You know, out of all the countries in the world, we are not one of the happiest, you know, countries in the United States as some of the other countries. And, um, you know, we, we may have more than a lot of them, but it just says, you know, what's really valuable in life. So I don't know. I hope I answered that the way you were, you know, it made sense. <laughs> and that kind of leads me to my question about inner peace. What is your understanding and idea of inner peace? I think that inner peace is tied to joy. And I think that joy is happiness that lasts. It is not dependent upon circumstances. It's a, a grounding, the sense inside of you, that the sense of, of wonder, of faith, of hope, and in this calmness, this, this grounded centeredness. And I see it as inner peace really connected to joy. Yeah. And I love your answer. <laughs> and I agree. What, where, and who is God to you? I believe that he is everywhere. And I believe that he is everything. And as I've said before, I, I really believe if we look for the miracles, we'll see the miracles in our life. And um, to have faith, to, to reach out in faith and know that I think we're being guided. I think that God is here for us if we open our hearts to him and we allow that love to flow back and forth and help, and it'll help us on our path, on our journey. I love that, being guided, I agree. And that makes me think about being guided to the what? Is there a destination? What is the purpose of life, the ultimate purpose of this experience? Well, my purpose is to be a beacon of light, of love, hope, and peace, and to help others on their journey. I've had people help me along my journey, and if I can make the journey easier for someone else, that's what I want to do. And in turn, then they help someone on their journey. That's what I think we're here for. It's about love. It's about, you know, when we leave this, this world, I think the only thing we take with us is who we loved and who loved us. So how did you become a writer, Natalie? Well, it's a funny thing. I saw an article in the newspaper about 10 years ago, and it was in the editorial column, and a woman had wrote in, and she talked about gratitude. And she said how it had changed her life, her family. Her daughter had given out these little blank notebooks at Christmas and said, write five things you're grateful for every day. And she said she did it, and she couldn't believe how it had transformed her life. Even the difficulties became things she was grateful for. And um, I don't know why, but it touched my heart. And I never felt that way before about an article. And I just had to do something about it. I reached out to everyone I knew and I said, how can I create a gratitude journal? I, I need to do this. And I wouldn't stop until I found someone. And I worked with the local artist who helped me to create it. And... I had never felt that way before about 
I don't think anything. I was just determined that I had to do this. And that's how it happened. And it's a beautiful work, though. I love the cover. I love the way you have the quotes and the colors. Everything is just so balanced and peaceful. It's beautiful. Really beautiful. Oh, thank you. So before I ask you questions about gratitude, I need to ask you this one. I think we talked off record. What is positive psychology? And why did you choose to become a positive psychologist? I'm not sure if this is the term. Well, what, what ha- it's, it's part of this journal story. <laughs> the journal led me on this journey of self-discovery in a new life. I mean, like I had said to you, I was in kind of a dark place. I Maybe I didn't even realize how dark I was in my life. I just was really unhappy. And I, I didn't realize how unhappy by all standards. I had a very good life, but it really wasn't fulfilling. And it wasn't really, it really wasn't what I had hoped it would be. And um, creating this journal, this wasn't the original journal. I created them just for my family and friends. And then I went on to make another one, but this journal has followed me for the last 10 years. Every time I try to put it away and do something different, it comes back. And it's so funny because it's, it has a life of its own. Right. And so um, in the process of creating this smaller journal, I asked a friend if she knew of a publisher that I could talk to. And I met with a lady and she told me about a place in the Berkshires that I needed to go to and I had never heard of it. And so I went to the Berkshires and I took some classes and then I heard about this year-long positive psychology course and it led me to take this course, which I was very unsure and I didn't know if I wanted to do it, but I did and it was life-changing too. Um, What positive psychology is, is about human flourishing. It's it's about finding um, and living a good life, um, having happiness in our life. It's about, you know... When we go and we're looking sometimes for help or we're struggling with something and not to say that regular psychology isn't, you know, a a proper place to go because it is. I believe that both of them have a place. But what positive psychology does is it, um, it looks for what's working in your life. Instead of talking about what isn't working, it tries to focus and come from a place of let's start with what's working and let's work from there. Let's go forward and start there versus, you know, the other way. But I do believe that they both, they need to be together to be able to lead people out of some of their trauma and things like that. But then, then also refrain and be able to move forward. And so that's what positive psychology does. It has everything to do for what I see with gratitude. I love the statement you have on your website. You say, my mission is to empower you to live, learn, and lead from a place of heart-inspired wholeness, engaging the heart, mind, body, and soul. What a beautiful statement to say. Yeah, I'm sure this has a lot to do with gratitude. It always goes back to gratitude. I usually think about love, but this is definitely a a huge component of love, being grateful. So my first question about gratitude is, what experiences have you had 
that gave you this deep understanding of the power of gratitude? Well, when I started, you know, practicing gratitude, when that um, article had really touched my heart and I started to practice and then through positive psychology, I started to see where I had changed as a person, the way I looked at everything, even things that were difficult. I somehow, my brain just started always looking for the good. And, you know, my aunt passed away and I was very close to my aunt and she, um, within a week she had passed away and she had been sick just that week. And I was able to go and to be helpful and to be with her for that week. And even as hard as it was to let her go, I just saw the gratitude in the fact that I got to spend that time with her. I got to be there and do those things for her. And my heart couldn't be anything but grateful. And so those are the type of things that you see in your life through gratitude that that it just changes. And, you know, what they talk about is um, what happens is, you know, the neural pathways, it, it creates new neural pathways in the brain. The more we practice being grateful, the more, you know, we start looking for the good, the more we start noticing what we appreciate appreciates. And so as we do this, and as we're practicing it, the more we do it, it starts to create this new neural pathway in the brain it's like exercise for the brain. It starts creating this new pathway. And, and that's how we start to see life. We, we start to notice different things. We have a different perspective on life. We just start looking at things differently. We start to see the good, not, you know, not all the time. I mean, I'm, you know, there's times, you know, there's things that happen that are tragic, that it's really hard to see sometimes the good, but I think eventually we find the opportunity within it to see some good. And and it's really changed the way I've looked at life. I mean, I grew up in a home life that was very, um, you know, they were very pessimistic and, you know, they didn't even see the glasses half, you know, empty. They, it, they were half full. It was, it was completely empty. And, you know, they, you know, and so for me to change the way I looked at everything was just such a gift. And so that's why I, I can't wait to share, to tell people about it, because it really is transformational. Yeah, that's so interesting when you say the word is a gift to me, to you, but it's also a gift to others at the same time, isn't it? Ah, it is. It is. Talk to me about some of the practices. Would you say journaling? It's the most effective practice for gratitude or there are other practices? I think journaling, they, you know, the, the research has shown that um, journaling is one of the biggest ways because, you know, you're, I, you know, you set the intention of looking for something to be grateful for. And the biggest takeaway is you become present. You become present to the moment because you're looking. You're looking for the good. I mean, how many times in our life are we walking in, around and we're sleeping? We don't even know when we're driving, how That's we true. got somewhere. <laughs> and, and, you know, yeah. so yeah. to be able to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be looking for one to three to five things to be grateful for today. I'm going to notice that. It makes me come alive. It makes me start to focus. What am I seeing? You know, how many times am I outside and I walk past something? 
that I never noticed that, you know, really focusing and looking and even hearing. Sometimes I'm outside and I'm so in my own head and thoughts. I have to tell myself to listen, listen to these beautiful birds that are singing and Mm -hmm. things that are happening that I don't even notice. But this is another gift of gratitude is that it, it brings you into the present. It helps you to start noticing so many times good things are happening, but we don't even notice. We don't even see it. So when we're looking and then we go back and at night or whenever is good for you, if you like doing it in the morning, I, I tend to do it at night because it helps you to sleep better. So by writing those things and savoring it and, you know, just I can see where it can start to be like, oh, the same thing or whatever. But you really have to take that moment and bring it into your heart and savor that feeling. And that's where the positive benefits come from it. You know, it makes us healthier, makes us happier. Um, You can even take a picture on your phone of these things and, and bring them back up to yourself so you can see them. So journaling is one of them. It's telling, you know, telling people that how much you love them and how much you appreciate them. It's um, one of the other big things is writing a gratitude letter. Huge. Marty Seligman is um, considered the father of positive psychology. And he says in his 30 years of teaching, it is the most powerful exercise he's ever done where people actually wrote a gratitude letter to someone who had influenced them or made a difference in their life. And they actually called the person and read the letter to him. And it was so powerful that it, you know, not only the giver, but the receiver, everybody, everybody benefits. It's such a beautiful thing. And, you know, I, I know I mentioned to you that I'm starting this gratitude postcard mm-hmm. um, as a way to put some positivity into the world right now with all the things going on and people struggling I'm sending out free postcards to people to have them write to someone that maybe they can't see, maybe they can't hug, maybe they can't be with, and just let them know how much they mean to you and bring this positivity, this light to the world. Um, I just think right now it could help out a lot. Um, You know, smile more. Um, You can, you know, maybe not um, watch some negative things, you know, negative shows or things that are going to make you feel not so positive, you know, calling people and volunteering and trying to be upbeat when you're with people and and letting and really being present with them and enjoying them. I think, you know, those are all ways to practice gratitude. Yeah, some wonderful ways to do it. I agree. Now, it almost sounds like the way you title your book, A Journal of the Heart, and you speak of coming from a place of heart inspired, they seem to be two different places in a way, the mind and the heart. They're not the same place, although we're using the mind to serve that place and do what it needs to be done in the service of the heart. But the mind is not the master. It's not guiding us, but it is other place. Oh, it does. It does completely because I think... And what I've seen is the more you practice this, the more you embody it and it becomes a part of your heart, your mind, your soul. You embody this practice. And that's the beauty of this simple practice that I just can't tell people how simple it truly is. And it can make such an impact on your life. It's, it's one of the biggest things that 
you know, in positive psychology, they really talk a lot about gratitude being one of the, you know, what doesn't, what doesn't it benefit? You know, it helps you be healthier, happier. I mean, so many things that just benefits your life in so many ways that it's worth trying. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You're so generous trying to pass this on to others is a gift to you. And now you're giving to others. And that's what it's life is all about to me. I have another question here about words. Is gratitude, thankfulness, and appreciation all the same to you, or are they different somehow? Yes, I, I believe they're all interconnected and they all, you know, mean the same thing. It's still, you know, reaching inside and into your heart, as you've said, and you know, something touches you with a feeling of appreciation that someone has maybe done something or, you know, life, something has happened that maybe, maybe even something that, that could have happened, but didn't happen. And you're grateful. Yeah. But I, yeah. I believe that they're all interconnected. They are, you know, they, they are one in the same. Yeah. Okay. A lot of times we confuse gratitude with this idea of transaction of, I owe you this because you did this to me. So I, I will do the same for you. Or something that we do once in a while, now and then, and not all the time. Would you say that that's also valid as a practice, or that's not the practice of gratitude? Ah, there's, that's that's a good question. I was just reading a book by um, Brother um, David Stendhal Rast, and he was talking about that people sometimes feel uncomfortable with giving gratitude because they feel like they're dependent on somebody, or it's you know, they like their independence, they want to do for themselves, and they don't want to be dependent. And what he really talked about is, is you really have to look at it as a gift. It is a gift. And, um, and it doesn't mean you have to give that back. It's, it's, you have to be able to open yourself enough to receive the gift and, and that it shouldn't be taken for granted that um, I think it's the giver and the receiver both receive the gift. And it's a win-win. And so I think we we have to look at it as a gift, and and, and a gift that 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 doesn't have to be given back. Mm. It's 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 already there. Once it's given, I think it's 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 a win win. Both people get that get something out of it. It's like um you know it's like when we we throw a rock in in the water and the ripples start coming out. It's once you drop it in, you know it goes out, but. But you, you know, maybe you started it, but but everybody else is is getting it, and you know, it's kind of helping everybody. Oh, I love that idea. It's a two in one gift. It goes both ways. It's one gift, but it's really two, or could be like thousands at the same time. That's how powerful it is. It's true. My other question is: Do you connect mindfulness, kindness, and authenticity to gratitude? I definitely think mindfulness is there. Yeah, I, I I believe authenticity is really there too, because as you're being grateful and thankful, you are being authentic. You are really, you know, if you're really writing that letter or you're really telling someone and, it, and it's, you know, I, I think one of the ways to really be authentic is when you do say a thank you is to really thank the person and tell them why. Mm-hmm. is to say, I want to thank you for, you know, you coming over and, and helping me with this project. You know, it really meant a lot to me rather than, oh, gee, thanks, you know, or 
you know, really expressing that gratitude for what they did and letting them know how much it meant. Yes. Yeah. Do you think it's easier for women to be grateful than it is for men? I think it may come more naturally because I think women write more thank you notes and, you know, do some of that. But I, I still think of it as a whole, everybody should be doing it and it should be, um, I, I still, there are some men who are, um, probably just as good or maybe better. So I, I don't, you know, I, I do tend to think maybe women are better at it a little bit, but I do think it's, it's something that goes across the board. Everybody should be doing it. And it probably is a little easier for women. I, I guess I will agree. Yeah. Like empathy too. I ask the question sometimes to some experts in empathy and they say it comes naturally to women, men, they need to work a little harder for some reason. There are two quotes that I really love in your book. You're quoting people that I don't really know. I had to research them. So this says, the past is history. The future is a mystery. But today is a gift from God. That is why they call it the present by Bill King. Yeah, that's a wonderful quote. And that's so true, isn't it? That's why they call it a present. Oh, it's it's so true. And that's what I, you know, I keep saying over and over. That's the true gift of gratitude is to be present to the moment, to be able to see the gratitude unfold right before you, you know, the gifts unfold right before your eyes and taking that moment to acknowledge and be able to see it. What a, what a gift. And to be in the present moment, we like we've talked about so many times we're not present to see the things. They are there. We just don't see them. And so that I love that quote because it just tells, you know, this is this is all we have. We have this moment right now. You and I are talking right now. This is this is all we have. You know, what happened five minutes ago or 10 minutes from now, it who knows? But right now, we need to be present with each other and to enjoy this conversation and be grateful that we're sharing this. Yes, 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 and yes, Natalie, a thousand times. <laughs> yes, true. And the other one is from Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. She's a Swiss-American psychiatrist. I didn't know about her. She wrote, and you quoted her in your book, if we make our goal to live a life of compassion and unconditional love, then the world will indeed become a garden where all kinds of flowers can bloom and grow. Beautifully written. Oh, I have the chills from it because as we talk about the world and the state it's in, what a beautiful quote. I mean, wouldn't it be wonderful if that came true and we can put our hope on that, that we can all be these beautiful flowers that can <laughs> bloom and grow and, and spread our, our goodness and our gifts? You know, wow. It's true. And the idea of hope that I think about as expectation, that should be replaced with positive wishes, which is wonderful to have. Positive thinking. Why not? Why not think this way that it is possible that all of us one day can reach this level of being? So I have a few more questions for you. Final questions. Would you like to add anything or read another quote in your book, Natalie? Well, um, 
I, I always love the ones by Mother Teresa. Okay, it says, we ourselves feel that we are doing, but what we are doing is just a drop in the ocean, but the ocean would be less because of the missing drop. Wow. Wow. So we are all important. We all play a role. If you're not doing your part and you're not being that part, the world is missing a piece. Really, really powerful. Yeah, and especially for those who believe or think that they are not good enough or they don't have anything to offer. So that's a wonderful message, yeah, for those. That would change everything just by listening to that. I love that one too. <laughs> How come I missed oh, that one? Oh my gosh, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. I have a few more questions for you. I'll call them final questions and I have to choose here. I guess I'll ask you this one. How do you define success these days, Natalie? What is to be successful to you? I think, okay, let me use, I'm going to use a quote that I love because this to me says it all too is, um, oh, it's by Irma Bombeck. Okay, she says, when I stand before God at the end of my life, I would hope that I would not have a single bit of talent left and could say, I used everything you gave me. Mm -hmm. Wow, yeah. And to me, that's what success is. It's it's not all, you know, it's it's not all the things that come along with it. it's making that difference and it's knowing that those gifts that that God gave me and you know, I found them somehow through his divine light somehow and I was able to pass those on and I want to be able to say that I that I did everything that he asked of me and showed me that that I could do and if I can make that difference and and help that's that's where I want to be that's that's success for me if you knew you would die soon meaning losing the body would you make any change in your life or do anything differently I don't think so I think I'm at a pretty good place. I think that as long as I can learn and grow and every day I feel that, you know, I'm, I'm growing and I'm learning new things about how to be in the world and, and how to be a better person and how to be a better friend and, and a, just a better mother and wife and everything. I, as long as I continue to grow and I can share those gifts, um, I'm happy. I'm happy with that. And I have joy. And um, the only thing is, I, I want to learn more about your inner peace. I, I've got to really get grounded in that inner peace. And um, I'm getting there, but it's it takes time, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Everything. It's a practice, right? But I love that you brought that up, inner peace, because from that, everything's possible in a way. That's what it has been my experience in a way. What was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself as of today? That I'm okay just the way that I am. And I'm God's perfect child. I I came here with, with you know, my gifts and trying to make a difference. And um, I think that that has to be the focus versus, you know, yourself. And I think for so long I wasn't able to um, to enjoy those those things. I was critical and I, um, you know, I, I didn't see that it was okay. And I think we try to be perfect and we try to fit a mold and we try to be so many things. But in the end, 
you know, it's this love. It's it's the love that we give to others and the love they have for us. And and that's you have to be authentic. You have to be real. You you have to let down those guards and and that whole perfect persona and be okay with who you are and know that you're just doing the best you can. And um, you know, it's uh, there's another quote that I really love, and it's by Robert Frost. And I don't know if I have it written down somewhere, but he was asked at the end of his life if there was hope for the past. And he said, and for the future that, you know, basically we go through life and we do the best we can, who we are or who we could not be at the time. And so we have to accept that about ourselves, that we do the best we can at the time with what we have and be able to be okay with that. And my last question, what are three things about life you know for sure as of now? That every day there's miracles happening. We just need to see them. If you look for the good in people, you'll find the good. And that love and connection to one another is the most important thing that we can do in life. Yes, I agree. Thank you so much for your wisdom, your genuine presence, uh, your light, your love. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much for all that you do in the world, too. You are really making a difference. And... It's wonderful, wonderful to see. We need more of it. Thank you, Natalie. Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? My website is gifts-of-gratitude.com. And you can find out more about me, about what I'm doing, where I'm speaking, things I'm um, putting out into the world. And I'm also doing a 30-day challenge out there that I'm hoping that if you join my 30-day challenge, finding one thing a day that you're grateful for, you'll find it on my website. And um, I'm hoping that I can encourage you to change your change your mind <laughs> and become more grateful and to live a life that Maybe you didn't think possible and um, because I know it's possible because it happened to me. And if it happened to me, it could happen to you. And my other piece is about my postcards. It's gifts-of-gratitude.com slash postcards. And that's where you can get your three free gratitude postcards, which I would love for you to do to send those out to people that you want to say thanks to, that maybe you never got a chance to and would like to, or, or a loved one, just expressing that gratitude to them. And that would help spread some light and positivity in the world, one postcard at a time, I say. And um, and then I would encourage them at the bottom of the postcard, they can get onto my website and they can get their free postcards. My goal or my mission is to put these postcards out there. And, and what I say is I may be the catalyst, but I feel that together we can make this world positive. We can, we can take what we're all going through and make it into something, make this world into something better and more positive and enjoy the things that are important in life, which is one another. How wonderful. Beautiful. Thank you so much again, Natalie. And we'll talk oh, soon. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye for now. Bye now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Natalie Horner and her work, please visit giftsofgratitude.com. To 
want more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Bigrock. Thank you again for listening, and bye for now.